Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco free. It's nicotine free. It's even sugar free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. 
sometimes I think about the explorers of back in the day. Don't get excited. I'm actually not doing a story about explorers, although I will soon. There's one I've had my eye on. But I think about them, especially the ones who didn't make it. And think of the bravery it takes to be an explorer, for one. The sense of adventure you'd have to have. Just the the bravery it takes to be an explorer. And you live this amazing life and you do all these brave things. And what are you known for? That last trip you took into the ice caps and never came back. We don't like to admit this. Because then you you feel like this could happen to you. And the truth is, what we're about to talk about, it can happen to you. It can happen to me. We don't like to admit that it is possible, not probable, can't live your life to avoid it, but it is possible to finish off with one big mistake and in the eyes of history, in the eyes of most people, erase every awesome thing you've ever done. Right? It's possible. A lot of stories end that way. A lot of them do. You can be best human being in the world. Good husband, good father. Work hard, make a good living. Give back to charity. An elder in your church. Live 60, 70 years. Joining army. Go off to fight, come back home. A life of admiration. Yeah, one too many whiskeys one night. Drive into a family and kill some little kid. That's your legacy. That's what they remember. The Mexican drug cartels have always fascinated me. Always. Drug cartels in general fascinate me. Not just the Mexican ones, the Russians, Italians. You know, I'm I'm fascinated by crime. We talk about it all the time on the show. But the way that whole thing played out, the way they came to be, has always fascinated me. And full disclosure, I know you may disagree. I love Mexico. Love it. I have always said, you've heard me say it several times, When people ask me who's the next great superpower in the world that we don't know about yet, I've always said it could be Mexico. And it could be. Granted, it's a narco-terror state right now and seems a million miles away from that, but Mexico is big. It is geographically diverse. It has a border with two oceans. It has loads of natural resources. It has a pretty good family unit environment The people are wonderful. The food is great. The beer is good. The chicks are hot. Mexico is awesome. This is kind of a narco state. Has been a corrupt state really since its inception. 
That's how it's what it is. But the cartels were never a big deal. You see, they used to run all cocaine out of Colombia. You know, you've you've heard all the stories. Shoot, I've talked about it before. Pablo Escobar and the Cali cartel running all the cocaine up through Miami and in New York City, boats and such. And the federal government decides they're going to come down on that, right? We are going to stop this. Well, they didn't stop anything. They moved everything around. And the cartels decide they're going to start moving things up through Mexico, where there are some criminal organizations, plenty of them already running marijuana up through Mexico. And they say, sure, sure, sure you can. Uh, For a price. You can pay us in money. Eventually, they started paying them in cocaine, which is worth way more than money. Because you can make absurd amounts of money on cocaine, apparently. I never sold it myself. And the Mexican cartels were born. And they look around one day and they decide, you know, we can start expanding operations here. But before we get there, Sinaloa, you know the name now. But understand, Sinaloa kind of died for a long time. You see, they were running drugs, and then Richard Nixon stepped up and said, we have a drug problem in America. Now, did Richard Nixon actually care about drugs? No, not really. By all accounts, Richard Nixon viewed drugs as a tool of the commies. He viewed people who did drugs as his voting opposition. And he decided he was going to go after drugs. Really the, quote, war on drugs, like the EPA and stuff, you can really lay that at the feet of Richard Nixon. And Nixon decides he's going to stop every single car, because they were stopping one out of every 20 cars coming from Mexico into the United States, and Nixon decides, that's it, we're stopping everyone. And you can imagine what that did to traffic at the border. Think of the backup, think of the flat-out produce ruined It was a disaster immediately. And the Mexican government says, whoa, bud, you're killing our commerce. And Nixon says, hey, man, I don't want the drugs. Either you do something about it or I'm going to do something about it. And the Mexicans decide they have to join and they're going to crack down and they crack down on Sinaloa. But here's the thing about laws. You're seeing this now in this country. We are going to pass a law. We need a new law. We passed a law. There's going to be a new law. Laws don't really change behavior. Laws move things around. Yeah, they cracked down on Sinaloa. Do you think all the drug dealers said, well, hey, there's a crackdown. Look, I think I'm just going to start making boots. No, they packed up. They all met in Guadalajara and they said, "Uh, let's all just join and start one big drug cartel here. And one of the big players in that big federation, I guess you'd call it, was Juan Jose Esparagosa Moreno. I'm not going to say that again. I'll just call him by his nickname, El Azul, which means the blue one. Yes, if you're wondering why they call him that, it's because apparently his skin was so dark it appeared blue. And El Azul did not grow up like many of the cartel guys did. He grew up actually in a fairly well-to-do family. Was not the best kid in school, but I guess the most friendly, charming child in the world. 
and grew into one of the most friendly, charming adults anybody had ever known. And this is the guy, if you had to picture your kid has to become a drug cartel kingpin, which would be not ideal, you would want him to be El Azul. The dude didn't like violence. The dude was nice to everybody, including his enemies. I mean, granted, he killed some people, but that's another story entirely. A devoted family man, even though he had two wives, that that's another matter. Apparently devoted very much to both of them, loved his children. Kept a low profile, charming. And he was a major advisor in the Guadalajara cartel as somebody who keeps the peace. If you're having a problem with someone else and you need something done, you get a hold of El Azul. For a while. Hang on. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. Delta Rescue has been rescuing animals for 40 years. I have not been alive for 40 years. But its founder, Leo Grillo, he left Hollywood and he has devoted his life to saving abandoned animals. It's the largest no-kill and care-for-life animal sanctuary in the world. And here's the thing. You never realize, or at least I didn't realize... How many of these animals there are out there? I didn't realize this was a thing that people did, and it's horrifying. You know how dogs are, right? How loyal dogs are. People just leave them on the side of the road. Not just one, either whole families. They'll just chuck them out of the car and leave them there. It's awful. And then you have these dogs that live out the rest of their days in horrible ways. Not if Delta Rescue has anything to say about it. Go to DeltaRescue.org slash Jesse. Start getting involved today with this wonderful mission. DeltaRescue.org slash Jesse. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. El Azul was a unique dude, and not just because he was charming and nice, not just because he wasn't necessarily a violent guy. El Azul was a unique dude because, man, did he do it the smart way in that he never wanted to be the number one guy. Even for the mega, mega, mega powerful, probably the most powerful they've ever had, Guadalajara Federation. It was essentially all the cartels. This is 80s we're talking about here. Hugely powerful. He was like, I'll just be number two or three. I'm fine. Everyone else rolling around in a gigantic armored Mercedes. Just cruise around in a Camry. Fancy clothes, fancy jewelry. I'd have blue jeans, tennis shoes, comfy t-shirt. One guy, we'll talk about him one time. He was called the Lord of the Skies. This is a little later on, but 
he actually built himself a palace with a nightclub in it in the middle of the desert. El Azul just lived in a house like you and I. The dude was the definition of low-key. Eventually does get busted, gets sent off to prison, and is so nice, charming, and he was just the bribery master. He ran the prison. At one point, the Guadalajara cartel breaks up while he's inside prison, and they have to figure out what they're going to do, right? Oh, my goodness, we need a new leader, or do we need to break up? Where are we going to go from here? They let him out of prison to go to the meeting under the promise that he would just come right back, and he did. (laughs) So the Guadalajara Cartel breaks up. They do have this big meeting. El Azul is there. And he's all, all right, well, this is what we're going to do. These people are going to guard this corridor. We're going to have the Gulf Cartel. We're going to have the Juarez Cartel, so on and so forth. And Juarez Cartel, we need to dwell on for a moment. You remember that Lord of the Skies I just talked about? I believe his full name was Armando Carrillo Fuentes. That may not be the whole thing, but you know these people have a lot of names. He took over the Juarez cartel, and for the longest time, they were the big deal after the Guadalajara cartel broke up. And El Azul was working with the Juarez cartel. He was, again, not number one, did not want to be number one, even though he was older than Fuentes. He just wanted to be number two. He just wanted to be a dude. And he's marrying off his son to this person. And he's becoming the godfather of this potential rival's child. And the guy just has a lifetime of chilling out, keeping the peace, building alliances, doing everything right, as right as you can do them as a drug cartel boss. Now, I don't want to make this man out to be an angel. He killed people. There was a big-time Mexican law enforcement officer that went by El Tigre. I'll leave it up to you to figure out what that translates to. But the man at one point in time stormed into El Azul's house, knocked him to the floor, put his wife in handcuffs, and beat up his 13-year-old son in front of him. Now, here's the problem. Remember I said devoted family man? I meant devoted family man. El Tigre walked into that house with six other police officers. Not too long later, El Tigre was found having, quote, committed suicide after killing his wife in his own backyard. Nobody believes he committed suicide. The other police officers all somehow perished in the following years. So, again, not a saint. But again... The guy is unassuming. There's a famous story about him. One of Mexico's top prosecutors was having dinner in a restaurant. He runs into this quiet, soft-spoken, friendly person, has a brief conversation with him. The dude walks out of the restaurant. Not long later, the federal prosecutor is sitting there eating his meal. His security detail runs in, scampers up to him and says, you know who we just saw? And he's like, who? And they told him he was just talking to El Azul and he didn't even know it. When I say unassuming and chill, the dude was unassuming and chill. And while all the other Mexican cartel guys were buying planes, again, and mansions and cars, he was investing in businesses, gas stations, shops, malls, real estate. Doing everything right. 
and then eventually you've heard of them. Los Zetas, they're called. They're still around today. They were former Mexican military, apparently former Mexican special forces, started their own extremely violent group. The Gulf cartel had basically started them and said, these guys are great killers. Let's let them be our killers. As so often happens, one at one day the Zetas looked up, woke up, looked around, and said, "Um, we're really good at this. Why wouldn't we just be our own cartel?" Decided to start their own cartel, and they were horrifically violent, even for Mexican cartel standards. And El Azul, after a lifetime of keeping the peace. Calls together all the other cartels. After a lifetime of negotiations with this person and that person, and you know what he does? He convinces them all to declare war on Los Zetas. Have you seen the condition of Mexico these days? You remember back to my prediction, Mexico will be the next great superpower? You know they have... 61,000 people that are just missing in Mexico, assumed to be buried in mass graves. 61,000. That's beyond the headless bodies that hang from the bridges every night. Mexico, by all accounts, is a war zone. I'm not sure where it ranks now, but I think it was last year or the year before. Juarez, Mexico. Yes, Juarez. You know, attached to El Paso, Texas, was the most violent city in the world. And do you know why Mexico is that violent? Because of the war started with started by El Azul. That is his legacy. A lifetime. A lifetime of keeping the peace. Of being the guy that toned things down. One time, you have to stand up and say, you know what, let's just kill all these Los Zetas and then we'll take care of the problem. Of course, you can't kill them all. Now, it's a disaster. Has been a disaster and by all accounts will be a disaster for the foreseeable future. One mistake is all it takes. You see, you can be Donald Trump. You can have all the conservative judges, which I have loved. You can pass tax cuts, which I loved. You can slap around the media, which I've loved. You can focus on deregulating the economy, which I've loved. You can finally be the one president who has the balls to go after China, which I've loved. It was all going well. I mocked him initially for saying it, and it turned out he was the greatest jobs president of all time. The problem is all it takes is one decision to lock down the United States of America, and all of a sudden you wake up, and it's April 30th, and you look at the jobs numbers, and we have officially 30 million Americans on unemployment. That's out of 160 million Americans who actually work, and the number is probably 40 or 50 million. All it takes is one. One Big mistake. One drink too many. 
and you get behind the wheel. Or one panicky decision to destroy a $20 trillion economy and probably your re-election chances. The Jesse Kelly Show. Ebb Sleep. Remember that name because I'm about to improve your quality of life. We know what it's like when we can't sleep, right? Is there anything worse than that? When you lay down at night and you know, okay, I've got to get up at this time. I'm, and, oh, boy, I really need a good night's sleep tonight. I didn't sleep good last night. And, and I don't want to be a zombie tomorrow. And you lay there and you can't stop your mind. Your mind's racing a mile a minute and you know. And now you're looking at the clock and thinking to yourself, oh, geez, I just, I, what am I going to? Stop doing that. I have a solution. Ebb sleep. It's E-B-B. Go to tryebb.com slash jesse and you'll see what I'm talking about. It is a wearable, drug-free solution that actually targets the root cause of all your sleeplessness, the thoughts, calming your mind. It does that for you. And when you go to tryebb.com slash jesse, that's E-B-B, by the way, use the code jesse at checkout. You get 25 bucks off. Tryebb.com slash jesse. There's a new public policy poll out there. Now, let me clarify something. Public policy polls in general are gutter trash. Meaning, I assume this one is gutter trash as well. This is, however, a public policy poll of the great state of Texas, where I reside. This public policy poll... Has Joe Biden leading Donald Trump in the state of Texas? Now, do I believe this poll? No. Joe Biden is not going to beat Donald Trump in the state of Texas. Just assume that poll is not exactly accurate. To put it mildly. But people, we are in trouble. If you want Donald Trump reelected, and I want Donald Trump reelected, allow me to shout that from the rooftops. We cannot have President Pudding Brain taking over when we have 30 to 40 million people unemployed. We cannot. We literally, quite literally, cannot afford to have President Pudding Brain at a time like this. Can you imagine? Can you even imagine the policies a Democrat president would put in place at a time like this? Well, we definitely need to raise taxes uh, on something. We should pass. We, we, well, I mean, we definitely need to pass a stimulus bill, but only for transsexual Nazi Eskimos, and it, it would it would be a disaster. It would be an absolute utter disaster. And I am not going to drag you down all day today, but I am telling you, we are in very deep trouble, and we had better start digging in right now to turn these numbers around before November. Right now. Even if you're mad at Trump, and I am, 
dig in. Get down to your local Republican meeting. Start start finding out what you can do to campaign. I don't know what you're saying. Jesse, it's only April. What are you saying? No, no, no. You don't understand the kind of trouble we're in. If there are 30 million people unemployed on November 3rd when America goes to the polls, you are going to have President Pudding Brain. You are. That's not a guess. You do not get reelected president with economic numbers like that. You do not. I don't care how inept Biden is, you are not going back to the White House. The time to dig in is now. And let me prep you for something else that's coming. And here's the problem with it. They're going to kind of be right for the wrong reasons, but they're going to be right. You see, for all the talk you had out there about uh, Sweden or or North Korea or Japan, but just ignore those places, you know, because everybody wanted to say we had no choice. We had no choice. No, we had a choice. Other countries chose not to destroy their own economies. They were aggressive in dealing with the problem, but they said, look, we cannot wreck our economy. And they're, I mean, they're doing fine. Did they have some deaths? You bet they did. No question. It's a pandemic. Yep. People died, but they're doing fine. The media, as of right now, they are pushing this Panic, panic, stay home, panic, stay home. Anybody who even tells you to leave your house hates your guts and wants you to die and wants your grandma to die. So panic, 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 stay home, stay home, stay home. They are going to shift at some point in time between now and November. They will realize the appetite of the public has shifted and the public is finally more angry about the lockdowns than they are about the virus. And the media is going to shift on a dime. And they're going to start blaming the economy on President Trump. And the problem is, they're not necessarily wrong. And you can say, you know, he didn't issue orders to people. He's out there on Twitter this morning, blasting away at Sweden and what they did, defending his decision to make the right, said he's made the right choice. Stop with the MAGA pom-poms. That's not helpful to get him reelected. We want him reelected, right? You want him reelected? I want him reelected. Waving the MAGA pom-poms in your MAGA jammies saying, ah, Scott Trump is not, that's not helping him getting get reelected. That's enabling. Do not be an enabler. Do not be an enabler. If your child approaches you and your child gained 50 pounds over the last two months, do not hug your child and say, oh, you look great, sweetie. I'm so proud of you. Hug your child and say, I love you. You're too fat. Unless you want to die of heart disease tomorrow, get your fat butt in the gym. You look like a wad of chewed up bubble gum. If that sounds mean, fine. I don't care. That's love. That's real love. Do not do the MAGA pom-poms and say, yes, Trump, yes, Trump, yes, Trump, as he destroys the economy that he helped build. Your president needs to hear from you now, right now. Turn it around. Stop the lockdowns. Change direction, or we're going to have President Pudding Brain. Please.
And now, more than any other time in the history of the United States of America, you, not just me, you personally have the ability to communicate with the president of the United States of America. Did you know that? Did you know that Donald Trump practically lives on Twitter? His Twitter account is right there at Real Donald Trump, and by all accounts, he looks at almost everything that he possibly can. I don't know how he has time in his day, because I know how many people try to mention me there, and I can't possibly keep up with all of it, but he does. You don't need to be, I've only got a, I've only got a couple hundred followers. No, no, he's watching. Let him know. I don't want President Pudding Brain. I want President Donald Trump. We are not going to have four more years of him. Right now, the likely thing is that we don't get four more years of Trump. It's that desperate. If it sounds like I'm being dire, fine. I'm trying to prompt you to action. Get involved now. Let the president know now. Get out there. Start campaigning now. We are going to need every single minute. Every single minute. Two months ago, yeah, Trump's sailing to re-election. Economy's fine. Opponent's a disaster. You don't, you don't get bounced from the presidency with a great economy. You just don't. Now we are in trouble. On top of that, we have yet another problem and a gigantic problem, which is going to compound our already big problem. And that's that, and Trump's guilty of this too, but Trump, the media, doctors, governors, mayors have told the entire American economy for two straight months, stay inside or you're going to die. Stay inside or you're going to die. Stay inside or you'll kill every grandma in the country. We're all going to die. You're probably going to die. If you leave your house, you're going to die. And now we're opening up the economy again, and we're like, all right, hey, time to get back to work. And the American people were all, uh, I thought you just, didn't you just tell me that we're going to die if I leave the house? Poll after poll after poll, we have a new one out there. Here's a headline from PBS.org. Despite widespread economic hardship, most Americans not ready to reopen. And that is consistent. That's not just the garbage PBS poll. The majority of Americans are all, no, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to stay safe. Because we haven't changed the mindset. We've told them stay inside or die for two months. Now we're telling them to get back to work. Because people don't look into things themselves, you can hardly blame them for saying, well, I'm not leaving. I don't want to die. Now. Today, now's the time. Let him know. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. 
This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.